0: You are listening to episode 47 of the Sunday ShakeOut, featuring a talk on running shoes. Hello and welcome to the Sunday ShakeOut, I am your host, Nicholas. This episode features a talk on running shoes. I'm here to shed some light on a topic that gets many runners excited about putting on some miles. I'll be delving into the reason why you should go to a running shoe store, considering the fit and feel of running shoes, I'll be also talking about how there are different types of running shoes for different purposes, and my opinion on the debate between minimalist and maximalist running shoes. Now, you might be asking, why talk about running shoes? Can't you just grab a pair of sneakers and head out the door? Well, runners, running shoes are something that can be the difference between successful training and getting injured, or running a PR and having a bad race. And so the goal of this episode is to equip you guys, the listeners, with some general knowledge about running shoes so that you can run faster, train more, and stay injury-free. If you are new to the Sunday ShakeOut, let me give you a quick rundown. This show is your go-to source for in-depth training analysis, valuable training tips, unbiased and reliable physiology and science, and so much more. Whether you're a beginner runner taking your first strides or an experienced runner aiming for new heights, the Sunday Shakeup provides you with the information you need to run faster, stay injury-free, and most importantly, stay happy on your running journey. So, let's lace up those shoes, hit the road, and dive into the world of running shoes, every runner's favorite topic. Without further ado, please enjoy my guide to running shoes for distance runners. Okay, so before we get too deep into this episode, I just want to give a fair warning that I am not by any means a running shoe expert, and on this podcast, I'm not trying to be. I am not an expert uh, in anything running. I'm just a 14 year old who does a lot of research, but I think that I am very knowledgeable about the sport and I have valid opinions and valid facts. However, I am not an expert. If you want to learn a whole lot more about running shoes, you know, for example, maybe you want to learn about neutral shoes versus stability shoes and how that affects everything else, then I think you should go Google it. And you should go to a, a running shoe specialist and go talk about it. Uh, maybe go to like a physiotherapist or something like that but i am not an expert i'm not here to pretend to be an expert i'm just here to tell you some interesting facts that i've learned from personal experience and doing a little bit of research as well as some tips that i have about shoes that have worked for me i'm not an expert i'm just here to shed some light on running shoes because this is a topic that many runners stumble on you know like i've heard stories about how guys just go into a running store they're like hey you know i've been increasing my mileage but why do my feet hurt and then the the running shoe uh, like clerk looks down at them it's like well you are wearing a whole bunch of easies you're like wearing your jordans and um while you're running while you're wearing your jordans so that's kind of the reason you're getting injured why don't we get you some good running shoes so that's kind of why i'm here to shed some light. Is because running shoes are something that a lot of runners just overlook but once you start to learn about running shoes it can be really fun to delve into now, the first thing that I want to talk about is the running store. Unless you are completely new to the sport of running, you likely know the importance of running shoes and just how running shoes can really contribute to your success in your running career. Shoes are something that a lot of runners, including myself, get really, really excited about because when you go to your local running store, perhaps a, fle- a Fleet Fleet or something like that in your area, and you rest your eyes upon the shelves of r- running shoes, that is just the definition of a runner's dream, and especially the smell, like, like, the smell, like, if you've ever gone to a, into a running store, you will know what I mean when I say, like, oh, that running shoe smell is, like, something that is really, like, unmatched, like, the, sh- the smell of fresh running shoes, it's just pretty magical, so, um, and then, not only that, but when I ask. For the employee to bring out a few a few pairs of running shoes it just feels like heaven when you see the boxes on top of one another it just it's like my dream you know like i don't know i just wish i could like own all those running shoes it's kind of funny and like i mean don't even get me started on opening the shoe box or trying on the shoes and purchase purchasing the shoes but i guess what i'm trying to say is that buying running shoes in a store While you aren't going to get a huge discount like you might online, that experience of being in the store is magical in and of itself, and I find it worth paying a few extra bucks as opposed to buying the shoes online. It's like that instant gratification, like, um, but I also need to go into the store because my feet are still growing and I need to get the right sizing. In fact, though, I have a funny story. The one time that I didn't buy my running shoes from from a store and I, I instead bought them online was actually pretty funny um essentially at that point I was really into the big into the Saucony Endorphin Speed 3 which I actually still am those are still my current running shoes but I really enjoyed the Saucony Endorphin Speed 3 and so I'm like you know what I've had the shoes before um I know the sizing I think I'll just order them online um and so you know I'm like yeah online I mean that can't be that bad like don't all the pros order their running shoes or like don't they get all their get their running shoes in the mail like it's probably more convenient I mean, like, if I go to a running shoe store and they have pink, like, I'm not going to want to buy that. I might as well just get them online. So, um, I bought them offline. I forgot which website I bought them from, but like any kid who is waiting for something in the mail, every day brings hope. But at the same time, it also brings disappointment when you figure out you didn't actually get what you wanted that day. You didn't get the package in the mail. So that was disappointing until the day that the shoes arrived in the mail, because the day the shoes arrived in the mail i can't even tell you how happy that was because of course you know in the digital age my mom got the notification um that the shoes had been delivered and so like i checked out in the mailbox and sure enough the, the running shoe box is right on top and I'm like yes let's go I got my running shoes and so you know if you've ever gotten running shoes in the mail obviously they don't just mail like the running shoe box they mail the running shoe box inside another cardboard box like pretty much anything you order in the mail so I got the running shoe box in the cardboard box and I was just like yes but when I got into the house and I opened up the cardboard box and I thought that it was surely going to c- contain my new Sauconies I didn't see a Saucony box What I saw instead was like a dress shoe company box and I was like what like I was I was like in complete shock I was like I forgot the name of the company but it was just like something like marching band shoe company and when I opened the box it was just like a pair of marching band boots and I was just like what I didn't order these um and so like I waited for a full week of school with hope each and every day and I'm just left with this I mean come on And, of course, like, the companies do that, um, you know, of course, I get that because I ordered online, um, but now that I think about it, it must have been on Amazon, because I don't think that Saucony would have had, like, dress shoes or marching band shoes on Saucony.com, so, must have been Amazon, but the point is, after that experience, I've always bought my running shoes in a store. But, you know, running, going into a running store isn't just great as far as like the experience or the instant gratification of getting the shoes or even just the knowledge of, you know, that you are going to get your shoes and that your shoes aren't in the hands of the mail. That's not why the running shoe store is amazing. Like, don't get me wrong. Those are great reasons. But the main reason is that the running shoe store is also really important for newer runners and for runners looking for new shoes. Running stores help people make better decisions about their footwear choices because there are experts in there who can get you fitted and they know what they're talking about. The experts in the store are going to help you choose a shoe that is right for you. Now, there are many different types of running shoes and I will get into that later. But if you're just getting a daily trainer, something that helps you do your daily runs in, it is much better to consider your individual needs and preferences. Because oftentimes, and I even fell into this trap like in my early years of running, where I still, I guess I'm still in my early years, but kind of like about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I off—I fell into that trap of like always just looking online. of like searching for the best running shoes of like 2022, 2020, 2021, 2023. And then, you know, I'd see like, oh, it's the Hoka Clifton. And then I'd just be like, all right, I'm going to buy that shoe. Um, and so what happens is a lot of the, a lot of people go on runnersworld.com and look at the best running shoes of 2021 or 2022, 2023, and then they're like, oh sweet, it's like the Hoka Mach 5, and they buy that shoe, and guess what happens? They proceed to get injured in that shoe. Or, you know, what happens also is they go online and they buy the most expensive running shoe, and the same thing happens, they get injured point is here, reading online shoe reviews is great and all, you know, like, knowledge is a competitive advantage, as Justin Fitzgerald once said. But you have to take these running shoe reviews with a grain of salt. Just use the reviews as some background info, something to guide you and give you questions to ask in the running store. But there is no such thing as a single best running shoe. I don't care what you say, you have to have a more personalized approach based on your goals, your activities, your individual footwear, your gait, your injury history, your goals, your individual needs and preferences, etc. Everybody is different. There is no single best running shoe. And some Something that I can't stress enough is how a shoe feels on your foot. How a shoe feels on your foot directly impacts performance and injury prevention. That's why going to a shoe store when you are getting fitted is so important. Because when you're walking around and running around in the shoes in the store, really pay attention to how it feels on many different accounts. We want to be considering the the feel of the upper you know, like the feel of the heel, the forefoot feel and then how much flexibility and stability the shoes offer. So if you, you know, if you walk into a shoe in a running shoe store and you try on the best running shoe of 2023 and that shoe doesn't feel good on your foot, should you proceed to buy it? No, of course not. Try on different shoes and just know that that shoe is not good for you. Just take it with a grain of salt. There's no best running shoe. In fact, I had a similar problem. I fell into this trap even last year in 2022 with the Nike Invincibles 2. Um if you've ever heard anything about the Nike Invincibles, you will know that a lot of people like them. They are very cushioned, yet they're decently responsive and they're not that heavy. Um, and there are many different articles and videos from different running shoe, like, posters online about how, oh, the Invincibles are the best, and, you know, the Invincible 3s, people even say those are better. The point is that, you know, the Invincible shoes, like, I knew a lot about, and so, when I was in Phoenix last November, there was a Nike factory store at this mall that we went to, my parents and I. And at the Nike factory store, obviously, if you've ever been in a Nike factory store, everything there is pretty much half off. For example, like Vaporflies that are like $250 were only like $110. Like, that's pretty cheap. You know, it's a great deal at the store, but there are also no running shoe specialists. You know, if you go into like a Fleet Feet, a Roadrunner Sports, um, um, a Super Jock and Jill, which is a running, like a a local running shoe store here in Seattle, Um, if you go into one of those stores, then you're gonna have some running shoe specialists. But if you go into like Nordstrom, or like Nike factory store, even like the Nike store in general, there aren't gonna be any running shoe specialists. They're just trying to market the shoes. Like if you go into a Nike store, they're not gonna recommend Brooks. They're just gonna recommend like Nike, because that's where they're trying to market. So the point is, I went into the Nike factory store, and when I was trying on the Invincibles, which were only like $90, my legs felt dead, you know, like I was a little beat up from recent training and so, because my legs were so dead, I didn't think I got an accurate feel of how my, the shoes felt on my foot. It just felt like my legs got to fall asleep in the shoe, which, you know, I thought was good that my legs got to fall asleep in the shoe because, well, I thought the shoe, my legs got to rest and because they were sore, they got to rest a little bit. And so, you know what, I got the shoes, you know, they let my sh- like, they let my legs relax and I thought that was pretty good. But after only about a month or two of worrying the Invincibles, I started to get this really bad pain uh, on the inside part of my knee each and every time I ran in them. And I'll talk about why this happened in a little bit, you know, like minimalist, versus maximalist shoes. But I switched back to the Saucony Endorphin Speed 3s, which were my current, like, workout shoes. Um, and I took them as just daily trainers at that point. And boom, the pain disappeared. So it just goes to show what works for 99% of the running community might not work for you. Like, the the, the Invincibles, I thought they were going to be, like, my next favorite shoe, but it turns out they did not work for me at all. So you have to really take it, an individualized and personalized approach to running shoes. Now, I listened to an episode of the Strength Running Podcast, episode 307 um, with this guy who's like a running shoe specialist, um, I think his name was Matt, the guy being interviewed by Jason, um, yeah, he's a shoe expert, and one of the key things that he emphasized was that running shoes are tools, and they should be chosen based on the purpose of the run. There are different tools for different runs. For your daily runs, or your recovery runs, your easy runs, your long runs, you might want something more cushioned, like the Nike Invincibles, the Saucony Triumph, or the Asics Cumulus. Perhaps, like, if you are you want something, like, less cushioned like me, maybe you want something like the Nike Pegasus or, like, the Hoka Clifton. If you're just running for health or if you're a hobby-, hobby jogger, then, you know, one of these, like, daily trainers is probably the only shoe you will need. But if you're doing, like, a faster workout or, like, a race, you probably don't want something as heavy and as cushioned. Instead, you probably want something lighter and faster for those harder efforts, maybe, like, the Nike Vaporfly or the Alpha Fly, or, you know, maybe the Saucony Endorphin Elite. So what i'm trying to say here is there are different shoes for different runs we should not be wearing race day shoes for our easy runs um like our racing flats but we should also not be wearing our daily trainers for um racing if we can help it you know like i know a lot of people don't have the budget but there are different types of shoes for different runs and so like i said i get it we all don't have the money to buy multiple different running shoes for multiple different purposes so if you are a competitive runner who races but you can only get one shoe There are some shoes out there that are like the jack of all trades, master of none. Essentially, they have the elements of daily trainers, while also being like the super shoes. So, like they're kind of like an in between. You can pretty much do anything in them. You could do like easy runs, long runs, faster workouts, like tempo, threshold, race pace intervals, and and you could even race in them. Um, And the thing about these shoes, Matt from the Strength Running podcast called called them hybrid shoes. And, essentially, while these shoes do not do an A-plus job at everything, they are still solid picks for pretty much anything you want. So, you might choose something like the uh, Adidas Boston 12, maybe the Saucony Endorphin Speed 3. Again, these shoes are supportive enough for daily training, while at the same time being fast enough for race day. But, let's say, like, so, like, I like that. Like, I personally do wear the Saucony Endorphin Speed 3. I do not have the budget to buy, like the invincibles, well, I wouldn't get the invincibles, but, like, I wouldn't have the budget to buy, like, Pegasus, and then, um, Vaporflies, and then, like, some Spikes for cross-country, I don't have the budget to do do that, I have only enough money to buy the Saucony Endorphin Speed 3, and that's the shoe I get, because it's a great shoe, I can do easy runs in it, and my, my legs feel fine, I can do long runs in it, and my legs still feel pretty fresh, I can do speed workouts, um, and I could also do, like, race pace workouts, but... Fair warning: uh, with uh, racing shoes, they're not very durable. So, like for example, the Nike Vaporfly, or the Alpha Flyer, or the Saucony Endorphin Elite, those shoes will probably last you like 200 to 250 miles at the max. While at the same time, like shoes like the Nike Invincibles, the Saucony Triumph, even like the Nike Pegasus, those shoes will last you like 300, 400, and, and even like 500 miles for some shoes. So keep that in mind when you're buying the shoes. But the good thing about the hybrid shoes, like as I call them. Um, are The good thing about that is, like, the Saucon Endorphin Speed 3, while at the same time, they're um, they're fast, and, like, they're also, like, pretty... They're pretty easy on the legs, and, and so, therefore, they have elements of both. And the good thing about them also is that they're durable. You know, they they don't last, like, just 200 to 250 miles. They last a full, like, 300 to 400 miles, which is something that I really like about them. Like, you could treat them like a daily trainer, but you can do everything else in them you want. So, I, I highly recommend that if you don't have um a a full shoe arsenal that you get like a hybrid shoe but of course if you're just running for health or you're just kind of like a hobby jogger um that you get like a daily trainer but that's that's kind of just why i take you can do what you want but let's say you do have the budget for two shoes okay Maybe you do have the budget for a daily trainer and a race day shoe. If that is the case, then it is key to practice training in your race day shoes. You need to acclimate your body just to the specific shoe you plan to race on on race day to avoid potential issues. We never want to be trying new things on race day and that includes your running shoes. So if you're racing a 5k, then you know, maybe in your racing shoes, you might want to be doing some threshold or some race pace intervals in your vapor flies or whatever shoes you're wearing. Maybe if you're doing cross country, your track you bring your spikes out for some like race space intervals or maybe you're if you're racing a marathon then it might be a good idea to do a couple of long runs in your race day shoes as well. Many people say never to, to do uh long runs in your race day shoes but and you know that may be true for this is a shorter than half marathon But if you're like training for a half marathon or a marathon it might actually be key to wear your race day shoes in one or two of your long runs because likely when you are racing a half marathon or a marathon your long run is a key workout and so keep that in mind and you know i've heard a lot of this stuff about marathon training i'm 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 not a marathoner like don't get me wrong i'm 14 years old i run cross country and track for my school i'm not a marathoner but i have heard some tips Um, so, like, a big tip, and, like, this one's super technical, but if you do have the budget for marathon training, you might actually want to buy two of your race day shoes, um, the exact same model, just two pairs, save one for race day, and use the other one in training, and then just make sure that the one you are racing with, which is not, is not flawed, um, and so, you, you make sure it's not flawed by doing your final speed workout in your race day shoes before you race um and then of course that's just that's just a bonus but essentially you buy two pairs of your race day shoes wear one of them in the training and then the second one you save for race day except for one final workout before your race and that'll really prepare you well that way you don't wear out your race day shoes but at the same time you know that you're in the right shoe now of course that's just bonus that's super technical for marathon training i just looked that up and i thought it was pretty cool so i thought i'd share that with you guys um now, the last part of this episode that I thought I'd talk about is minimalist versus ma- versus maximalist shoes. So, unless you've been living under a rock for like the past like 15 years, you probably heard at least a, a little something about the debate between maximalist running shoes and minimalist running shoes. If you've ever b- read the book Born to Run by Chris McDougall, you will know that one of the take-home points is that McDougal is trying to sell you on um, McDougall is trying to sell you on the fact that. minimalist shoes are far superior to maximalist shoes. Essentially, the argument that is made by him and a lot of the other minimalist shoes or the people who have jumped on that bandwagon is that minimalist shoes let you run in a much more natural and primitive way that will prevent injury because there's a lot more focus on foot and ankle strength and stability and proprioception, as well as just lower leg strength in general. Um, so that's their argument that minimal shoes prioritize that meanwhile maximal shoes are caused are caught are the ones causing injuries because balanced proprioception and lower leg strength becomes an issue because you're just letting those areas of your body become lazy i think that's what they say and so because of that you start to develop gait problems like heel striking and all that stuff um and so what i say to that in that argument that like minimal shoes are superior to maximal shoes what i say to that is that shoes are tools like that's all i say there's no one size fits all approach when it comes to what or should what you should or should not put on your shoes while you run what you should or should not put on your feet while you run shoe selection is very individualized me personally i cannot go for a shoe that is less than a four millimeter drop a shoe that has a super wide base or a shoe that is heavier than about eight to eight and a half ounces it's that simple i just can't i will get injured instead i like narrower shoes and shoes that have a higher heel to toe drop and shoes that are much lighter overall and so you know those are the type of shoes that keep me injury free like the saucony endorphin speed 3 is a great example of that but that's just me meanwhile some people might need more minimalist shoes because they will get injured if they don't have them you know sometimes the cushion does hurt people but you know the, re- the reason I say that is because our our personal preferences, our running history, our biomechanics, all of those things play a significant role in finding the right running shoe. Because the thing about minimalist running shoes is, if you don't have strong calves, foot and ankle muscles, or good bone density, especially in the, in the lower leg, is then if you then transition to minimalist shoes then you risk getting calf strains, plantar fasciitis, stress fractures, you risk rolling ankles. You risk getting all these things if your lower legs are far are like not good enough. And so on the other hand, with maximal shoes, if you don't have strong hips, glutes, hamstrings, quad muscles and upper legs overall, and then you start wearing maximal shoes, then you're going to get injured because you're putting a lot of load on your on like the upper part of your leg because what happens oftentimes is with the maximal shoes, you know, they, there's like an argument like that the cushion absorbs some of the shock. Now that may be true like for like you know the lower leg. Like you're not gonna experience a lot of shock in the lower leg when you're um wearing maximal shoes instead all of that force goes straight from the ground up to your glutes and hips there's it's all that force is going right back up to your upper leg with the maximal shoes but with the minimalist shoes it's just your lower leg and the ground and so there, you risk a lot of injury there so me personally i can't have maximalist nor minimalist shoes i need something in between i can't go for minimalist shoes i can't go for something that's going to put me right next to the ground but I also can't go for something that's super, super cushioned. Um, and, you know, So for, for me, something in between is really where my sweet spot is. And I think it's pretty similar for a lot of other people. And the other thing about minimalist shoes is, many people think that you can just switch from regular running shoes to minimalist shoes, and that will immediately um, that you will immediately be cured from cured from all of your injuries. But the truth is, if you do want to transition into minimalist shoes, then it can take as much as six months before your body will be able to handle the full load of training with minimalist shoes. It'll have to be a very slow transition. So just keep that in mind. And what I'm trying to say is, it, it is really about striking a balance between foot, ankle, and lower leg strength. And then strengthen other areas of the body. And what I'm trying to say is a little goes a long way with minimalism. Like you don't need to go all out minimalist shoes. So even just doing some barefoot strides after your run will do wonders for your foot, ankle, and calf strength. Or if you have some minimalist everyday shoes that you just wear walking around the house, walking around the neighborhood, doing some errands, going to work in, that will go a long way in building great foot and ankle and calf strength and proprioception, and that can really help your running as well. So just recognize that you are into the the idea of minimalism. You don't need to go all out. You only have to do a couple of things, and a couple of things go a long way. Thank you for listening to episode 47 of the Sunday ShakeOut. Gracias, as they say in Espanol, but Really, running shoes, like, it's a topic that I really enjoy talking about. I'm actually surprised, I made a running shoe review episode, like, back in, like, episode, like, five or something. Like, maybe it was episode, like, six or something, something like that. But the point is, like, running shoes, really cool topic to talk about. I think that, again, it's a very individualized and personalized approach, but don't take it, like, super seriously. But if you can start to, like, find a running shoe that really works for you... That'll do wonders for your training. That'll do wonders for your health. That'll do wonders for your running journey in general. Because oftentimes if you can find one running shoe that works great for you, you don't have to try on many other running shoes because you know that one works for you. It keeps you injury free. So just keep that in mind. But yeah, don't take it too seriously. Like look, like running shoes. It's all it's all fun and games. Like we don't have to be getting it super deep into the science. I wouldn't stress about minimalist versus maximalist shoes. Find what works best for you and just take everything with a grain of salt online, like, I'm not saying, like, it's, like, the minimal shoe thing is, like, fake, like, it's not fake, like, some of the studies are real, like, you know, like, minimal shoes, like, it will build foot and ankle strength, like, if you do have strong hips, or strong, sorry, strong feet, ankles, calves, and, like, good bone density, then, yes, minimal shoes will prevent injury, because you will have a strong lower leg, but a lot of people don't have strong lower legs, so then what are you gonna do? Like me, I'm like me, I do not have naturally like strong like lower legs. Like I, whenever I get like a super low drop shoe, I get a calf injury. It's just the way it is. Like and then I switch back to my Saucony Endorphin Speed Three. Oh, and here we are. We're doing really good. So it's really about finding what works for you, and that is just really cute with this whole journey. Like it's all about figuring it out over time. Everyone has their own journey, and um, yeah, that's all I gotta say. If you enjoyed this episode of The Sunday Shakeout, please consider following or subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'd also greatly appreciate a review in Apple Music, Spotify, and yeah, that's all I gotta say. If you have any questions regarding anything running, feel free to reach out to me at thesundayshakeout at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you so much to all my listeners for the support, and, you know, you guys are the ones who keep the lights on week after week. You guys are the ones who keep me motivated, keep me, like, you know, in check, because I know that if I don't produce good content, then, you know, I'm not helping anybody, including myself, so I'm here to produce good content, hopefully you guys enjoy my episodes, and yeah, hope you all have a really good weekend, hope you all can buy some good running shoes for maybe, like, your fall marathon, well, when you know, if you just ran the Chicago Marathon, like, today then maybe that wouldn't be possible, but like, you know, if you're going on a next training cycle, get some good running shoes, and that'll go do wonders for your running journey, and happy running shoes, peace out, this is the Sunday ShakeOut. (laughs)